This episode may contain adult themes and explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Sorry. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Film Critic and the Common Man podcast. While other film podcasts might want to steal from the rich, we are selfish enough just to keep it for ourselves. Every episode, we discuss a film from the perspective of the film critic and the perspective of the common man. We may not agree, but it certainly won't be boring. I'm your co-host, Ben Miller. I'm a film critic, and I write about films from my own side, Ice Cream for Freaks. And I'm joined by my brother and common man co-host, a man who would love to be paid in cigarettes, Jake Miller. How you doing, buddy? Hey, howdy, everyone. So, I'm doing good. How are y'all? At, coming off our tour de force performance in the Hook and Trimmers episode, uh, we're going to run it back again with another pair of movies that we cannot s- d- divorce from our nostalgic childhood. Uh, yep. two, two movies by the same actor-director pair, um, and we're going to get into it. It's a uh, it's a Kevin Costner double feature. We're going to start off with Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, directed by Kevin Reynolds, written by Penn Dencham and John Watson. Um, technically, I guess it is an original screenplay, but it's based on the 12th century folk tale. Um, yeah. Starring Kevin Costner, Morgan Freeman, Mary Elizabeth Ostrantonio, Mastrantonio, uh, Christian Slater and Alan Rickman, co-starring Geraldine McEwen, uh, Michael McShane, Brian Blessed, uh, Nick Brimble, Michael Wincott, and Sean Connery in a cameo role at the end. Uh, opening date on June 14th, 1991. Made bank, 165.5 million US, 225 international, $390.5 million on a $48 million budget. The second highest grossing movie of 1991 behind Terminator 2. Uh, nominated for a single Oscar. Do you know what that single Oscar was, Jake? Ooh. Uh, mm, sound? Best, or... ori- best original song. For, for uh, the, the Brian Adams song. Oh. <laughs> that everything I, I die do. for you. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That. Uh, everything I yeah. do, I do it for you. Uh, lost to lost. Everything to... I do, <laughs> I do it for you. Oh, you that you you. I mean, something like that. That said, that's very accurate. I'm I'm uh, I appreciate your gusto. Uh, lost to Beauty yeah. and the Beast. Um, Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes, fifty percent for critics. Uh, just dead in the middle. Uh, 72% from audience, lower than audience score than I expected. I thought people were going to like this movie a lot more. Um, we're going to get into all the issues. Both these, <laughs> both these movies suck on the <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. Man, Rotten Tomatoes did not like either one of these movies. So, no. um, the quick plot summary. If you don't know the plot summary of Robin Hood, I don't really know what's going on here. But um, generally, right. uh, now this is kind of the grittier version of the Robin Hood tale. Uh, Robin Aloxley, played by Kevin Coster, um, is in a prison in Jerusalem during the Crusades. Uh, he, yeah. uh, he and his comrade Peter escape, uh, saving the life of a Moor Azim, played by Morgan Freeman. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Peter uh, is actually dying, so he promises to uh, take care of my sister Marion. Uh, they go to England uh, with Azim as his, um, not slave, but essentially his 
uh, companion, but he feels kind yeah. of indebted to. He feels indebted to him. Yeah. Because he got him out there. Yeah. yeah so, so they, they get back and uh, Robin fi- Robin uh, shows up and expects to just uh, be back on this land with his father. But uh, the cruel sheriff of Nottingham, played by Alan Rickman, who is on one in this movie, um, try- he wants to seize the throne for himself, has his father's killed for his loyalty to the king who has gone in the Crusades. Uh, Robin saves a young boy from the sheriff's cousin, uh, Guy of uh, Gisborne, who is played by Michael Wincott, the eternally raspy-voiced Michael Wincott. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, but he finds his father's course. Uh, his family servant Duncan, uh, who is blind, uh, blinded. Um, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, your dad's a devil worshiper. Apparently, the worst thing you could be in in you know eleven ninety four. But uh, it's killed a lot of people. <laughs> it's killed a lot of people. That accusation has put a lot of people down. <laughs> So, uh, so the sheriff is uh, trying to take the throne, and Robin goes and finds Marion, um, and you know, they, obviously, this kind of tenuous love, affair, this love, and then uh, uh, it, becoming the outlaw that he is, Robin heads into the forest, encounters a bunch of outlaws led by Little John, who challenges Robin to a duel. Robin wins and earns the friendship. Uh, there's another bandit named Will Scarlet who is uh, forever mm-hmm. fopped-haired. Christian Bale mm-hmm. or Christian uh, Christian Slater nope. excuse me no not Christian yeah. uh, yes Christian Slater um who does not like Robin uh and they uh they they essentially become the titular band of hoods as living mm-hmm. in the woods stealing from the rich giving to the poor all that kind of stuff um things keep going uh more in those directions Friar Tuck shows up a fat huge man who just loves to drink and mm-hmm. somehow is a priest as well um so that's now <laughs> so so the sheriff continually gets more upset at uh things not going right eventually kills his cousin guy um gets the celts to uh to uh invade the forest to try to kill robin and uh, captures a bunch of the woodsmen and is going to hang them to lure robin out robin outwits them all uh saves everybody um the sheriff is able to take marion and is getting uh of all the weird things the sheriff has in his life he wants a uh he wants to consummate his wedding legally for some reason like of all the weird stuff he does in this movie though that's the thing mm-hmm. the sticking point anyway he's so, a man of principles <laughs> i guess so so he has marion yeah. up there and there's a sham wedding um Robin breaks in and uh, is able to uh, able to kill the sheriff. Azim kills the witch um, and they're about to, and then everything kind of works out. And then Robin and uh, Marion are about to be married. And then the Richard Lionheart shows back up, which is Sean Connery. Um, and then mm-hmm. gives the bride away and everybody's happy. Uh, the end. Yeah. Uh, nothing bad ever happened to the crusades besides that. Um, nope. <laughs> it's fine. So, uh, you know, we talked about, Peter Pan. Uh, we talked about Hook. Yes, uh, the last episode. Yeah, because of our Peter Pan love of that cartoon. Essentially, this is kind of piggybacking off the same thing, going exactly from the exactly. Robin it's a it's a remake. Yeah, yeah. and it's and you know uh, there are <laughs> I like it. That's what we need to do every time. There's one of these. Um, yeah. so, you know, there's there's the de- various versions of Robin Hood. I guess this is the closest it's getting to like gritty realism. At, at, for a while there at least like the one from the 30s with errol flint pretty good movie it's pretty good like yeah more of a swashbuckling and the robin hood obviously the kid robin hood is the classic that will 
forever Robin Hoods will be held to that standard. Yeah, sure. Well, at, and something I like about uh, this one is that, you know, they reference the Crusades and why, because whenever you watch the kid one, it's just, just you know, anthropomorphic animals. King, yeah, yeah. <laughs> King Lionheart or yeah. whatever it's. <laughs> Oh, he's off battling someone, you know, yeah. it's not, we're not fighting over the Holy land or anything. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I like that this addresses the crusades and actually puts uh, it in real historical context, at least to a degree. Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of funny because, you know, we say we put it in this kind of historical context and be like, no, 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 it's kind of going for gritty realism. And then nothing else with the movie is any sort of realistic aspect to it. Like, um, nah. I mean, it, this is, it, this, this has been discussed ad nauseum, but Kevin Costner's accent in this movie is truly hilarious. I mean, yeah. he just decides from scene to scene whether or not he wants to have it or he wants to kind of like half have it, or if he just wants to sound like Kevin Costner um always yeah. always fun um i mean even even kevin e even christian slater it's, is trying yeah well mm, a little bit yeah it's uh i will say for me yes it's kind of ridiculous but it's not maybe it's because we're americans and these are both americans it wasn't terribly distracting no. Now I can see like if, if you're English being mm, like, yeah. well, I, I think what? that, I think that's the big thing is like, you have these authentic English actors like Alan Rickman and Geraldine McEwen and Brian Blessing mm -hmm. and Michael McShot. And then mm -hmm. like, they are just having their regular voice. And then the main four stars of this movie, Kevin Costner, Freeman, Master Antonio and Slater are all Americans. And just like, yeah. now Master Antonio fooled me. I thought she was British. Like, Marion is actually she's from Illinois, so I mean, she does a pretty yeah solid, she she, she did, did pretty good, did a pretty solid job. Out of those four, if you'd asked me which one was British, I would have picked her. I would have said the same thing. It's it's funny, like there there's always a problem whenever you have certain actors. Like it, it actually works in the opposite sometimes. Like a British actor trying, like Hugh Grant isn't is british yeah. for the history he can never be anything but but he can't be an american he's british yeah it works it works the same way the opposite way christian slater is such an american actor and so yeah. is kevin costner like it's they're, they're so american yeah in every sense being a british guy never really sits it like it doesn't matter if they nail the accent which they don't but if they did right. if they did it just doesn't the authentic no it just doesn't fit yeah well it's like uh oh what was his name uh taken what's yes, his name liam neeson good another good example that guy can only do his own voice which yeah and and, and it's okay. funny it's funny he can do he can do a like he can do variations on european accents Kinda, like, but but like yeah, even he he'll, he can tone down his Irish brogue essentially, or in in you know yeah. the, the English. But I mean, he can't do American. It's it's no, that's <laughs> and that's the problem with the Taken. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like, some other movies where he's playing an American, he doesn't do it. Now, like Schindler's List. Yeah, yeah, he can. 
yeah. he adapts better to that. Yeah, he just he cannot do American. I agree. And so, <laughs> now the accents in this movie are just kind of the one thing. We're like, okay, well, is you know they you know it's always talking. They talk over and over and about like the oh the the wooded areas in rural England, and you know you get you know uh, we're gonna get. If we go yeah. in there, all these outlaws are going to come and take our stuff. You're just like, well, every wooded area in this movie is wide open. Like it's it's yeah. you can you can see miles in the woods woods. Like you know, we we're talking about the Blair Witch. Whenever you're going through uh-huh. and you're like, everything kind of looks the same and it's pretty thick, and you're like, nothing. Uh-huh. It, it's it. This is not that. This is soundstage woods. Like. It's just, you know, it's it doesn't seem like it's all that treacherous or would be something that would be dangerous. I don't know. <laughs> I spend a lot of time outside and things can go hairy on you. I get you. I get you. But I mean, just kind of the, you know, everything about this movie is pretty silly. It's, it's uh, the, the, yeah. What, why is Robin Hood so such a interesting story to kids? Why is it a kid-friendly movie? This is the ultimate, ultimate anti-hero movie. Or yes. not even movie, story. Yes. The whole thing. So, I mean, and I remember being in, like, literature classes and stuff like that, and they're like... Uh, this is what an anti-hero is. It's like Robin Hood. Ah. He's a, he's a thief, but he's doing it for noble reasons. And you root for the outlaw rather than the establishment. And so, and I also think, I mean, there's just something ingrained in us, especially probably as Americans is, an anti-establishment fight against the man kind of a of a thing you root for the underdog and plus they're so corrupt yeah you know the government's so twisted that you know okay this hero fighting for the little man yeah that that appeals i mean just to almost everybody you know yeah and it's funny because it's you don't on paper you wouldn't think it was like oh this is something like Hey, uh, who's the bad guy? Oh, the government. He's like, what's the problem? They tax yeah. too many people. They're like, taxes are too high and the government's the problem? Yes. It's like, okay. Um, are they authoritarian? Yes, they are. It's like, okay, they're doing all this bad stuff. Yep, this, this, and this. Yep. Okay. Um, th- that, that, on, like, it's, it's almost a political that's thriller. Called the, uh, <laughs> that's called the American Revolution. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's the only reason we're a country is because someone got <laughs> we, pissed off we over, over taxes, taxes and <laughs> and trying to control them too exactly. much. Exactly. I mean, it's 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 a really interesting aspect of that. But um, so okay, so let's let's take the accent stuff out of the Kevin Costner of it all. I like yeah. I do like Kevin Costner as a hero in this movie. Like the idea yeah. of him um it's it's a little silly yeah. as like he does have the uh, the uh charisma to be like i'm in charge and all that kind of stuff so that part works right yeah okay and i like 
he does seem like he is he does seem fairly efficient with a bow and arrow it's not something where it's like mm, he doesn't seem like he knows what he's doing it's like no no he's seems like he's really good at this yeah and uh the as far as archery goes and i'll talk more about this later but they're shooting an english longbow mm. and i mean i don't know if they set it up special or something but if that is a genuine english longbow you got to be a stout bastard to draw that fucker mm -hmm. and accurately shoot like those i mean yeah so <laughs> if he actually did train on the english longbow then that's very impressive By but it definitely it comes across like he knows what he's doing yeah yeah and i mean the rest of the movie like the, there's the, there's obviously a lot of silliness going on but i mean it's funny the one person taking it the most seriously is obviously morgan freeman morgan freeman and yeah. in, in his role being the um it's it's kind of a funny part in his career i don't i wouldn't expect him to be i was thinking i was like oh he probably needed the money or he's like not in the right no no he like he's right off of driving miss daisy and glory he's yep. about to be an unforgiven like this is kind of like the early peak of morgan freeman and you're like no he yeah. just decided he's like i'm gonna be in an action movie why not yeah <laughs> no and he i mean he does a great job really i mean uh i guess i mean it could be just because we've lived in the middle east yeah yeah you go that's uh that's a pretty hokey uh arabian accent or yeah and and you know what Arabic is accent and what is and where you know oh i was fighting the Allah crusades and, and and not to mention yeah. you're like okay he's moorish which is which yeah a moor is a very broad term of what you could like throw down and and, and don't be wrong it's usually it's it's black north africans yes um, yes who who are uh islamic uh yeah yeah, yeah. Muslim. And, and you know you got the you know it's like ah allah forgives it he 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 prays on the rug he has the big arabian sword which is the coolest thing he has and that thing that, yeah every time i see that i go man that must be a bitch to sheath like trying to put that thing back yeah like <laughs> oh god i severed my femoral artery <laughs> but the you know of all the kind of goofy things in this movie the top of the goofy we talked about it in our diehard podcast a little bit but man alan rickman is as as the sheriff is having a ball just Dude, he, he he is like the bad guy <laughs> there for a little bit he was just the bad guy you know what uh actually i was thinking about it and the only movie i can think of like where he wasn't a bad guy necessarily was like was he in love actually i didn't was, look it up but he was but he cheated on emma thompson yeah so i mean so but the, the things the yeah. things he's best known for is obviously being a villain and you know even even the non-villain even the harry potter side of things is still villainous adjacent yeah um there's a there's a couple of things he's been they made a uh uh a jane austen app adaptation of sense and sensibility and he is a very gentle sweet 
kind man. And it's really nice. And I'm like, oh, that's what Alan Rickman, that's the Alan Rickman I want in my life. But it's, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so apparently they were Next just- movie, terrorist. Terrorist, exactly. He does yeah. something like that. It's funny because he's so, uh, you know, the the funny thing about him in this movie is they apparently really wanted him for this movie he really wanted Mm -hmm. he didn't want to he's like i had just done he'd done some other stuff and he's like he's like i'm getting a little famous it's like i don't really want to be in robin hood and they kept offering more money and they'd be like well do you want to do whatever you want with the character he said fine as long as i get to do whatever i want and they went okay and they spun him up and let him do this so hell yeah half, half of his lines are improvised or specifically stupid like the the you 1045 you 11 or you 1030 you 1045 bring a friend all that kind of stuff like yeah like uh oh, the, every everything interesting about him in this movie is essentially something he came up with uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah. i mean um the uh I was I was looking at the uh, awards for this movie, and like I said, it was nominated for best original song for that the rendition that is now spoiled by your your now soon to be classic uh, rendition of uh, the song by Brian Adams. But uh, I was looking I can at- do it again if you want. <laughs> I mean, if you want to grace the world with it, I'm not going to stop you. But that's really on your side. I mean, <laughs> wow, <laughs> we have a lot of podcasts left, so. Um, so in uh, the British Academy Film Awards, the British Oscars, they didn't only nominate Alan Rickman, they gave the award to Alan Rickman in for the, that year in the 45th. Um, I mean, and it's not something like, and he beat the, the he beat some people from Hamlet, some British movies, like a, a, a Kenneth Branagh movie. He won that thing. And I mean, he won it next to Anthony Hopkins and Jodie Foster for Sons of the Lambs. So I mean, like, it's it's great it's he's just so fun like if you're gonna have if you're gonna have a bad guy why are you bad i'm just bad like there's the motivations behind it aren't really there like yeah he's just like i don't know i'm a piece of shit (laughs) he's like what do you want from me (laughs) i'm a you know i just want to do hood rat shit with my friends (laughs) you know that's a that's a good way to put it um on the other side you know talk about the uh talk about the all-time like secondary bad guy michael wincott as uh, as guy man he's so oh yeah uh he's a good bad guy he's a good bad guy uh also uh he's in uh he's the one of the bad guys from the three musketeers the one with uh uh, uh, he was in uh, i think he was in the crow um couple other uh movies from this uh, he was an alien the fourth alien movies he's been in a lot of goofy stuff uh the count of monte cristo remake he was the jailer yes um yep. and uh yep. just recently he was in the movie nope he was actually really good in the movie nope but i mean it's always nice to see like michael wincott you're like oh, that does guy. he actually have that score i don't know if he does he might that's a good question now i have to look it up i don't <laughs> know but i mean he looks like a tough bad guy you wouldn't want to tangle with. And but at the same kind time, he's kind of handsome. Like yeah, it's it's, it's rugged. Like, right, yeah, rugged. Yes, that's a good way to put it. Yes. Rugged man. Yes, yes. Uh, I believe that scar is real. The the one it's, next to it, his next to his ear. Yeah. That's it looks cool, too that's deep. A, it's a cool one to have. 
Yeah, I only have lame ones. <laughs> it's like, oh, my knuckle or the, this weird thing on the side of my finger. <laughs> yeah, circumcision. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I so, did not consent to that, by the way. <laughs> genetic mutilation, uh, genital mutilation. I'm looking at you, Mom. <laughs> okay, so, okay, so I, I, I loved this movie when I was a kid. So, do you remember me getting? I got Robin Hood toys for my birthday yep. one year. I got a catapult, yep. which was the coolest thing I could possibly get. Yep. I believe we were on vacation in Colorado. We had that a is correct. Cabin. Yeah. Yes, that is yep. correct. I remember this specifically. Yeah, I um, think all three of us were like super into. Yeah. <laughs> and. And yeah, they I, came out with all kinds of toys after that. Yeah. It's, and I remember, you know, obviously Robin Hood is such a um, kind of a callback to anytime you use a bow and arrow, you're either an Indian or you're Robin Hood. And there's not really an in-between. Mm -hmm. Like, and uh, we had a, we had the classic plastic bow and arrow that had the, the bow had a suction cup. suction cup. And we also not had, sliding, and, and yeah. we had sliding glass doors when we were kids. So man, yeah. that was just just pepper in that thing um oh yeah i mean of all the cool like like a lot of people are good at shooting guns shooting a mm -hmm. bow and arrow cool is like a cool like it's like playing mm -hmm. classical piano like nobody else can yeah well it's funny i meant to bring my bow in here mm. but oh man uh, and i should have brought our granddad's bow actually mm. i inherited it uh and it's a long bow yeah uh but yeah um and my son has a little compound bow but i mean we just shoot targets sure. just typical just like boy shit like let's fire this thing sure no different than sticking suction cups onto sliding glass window so i mean we're by no means archers over here but yeah I, they're I've, never, fun. I've never really understood the idea of hunting with a bow because like you have to be really good because if you don't get much of a second shot and you have to be kind of close uh yeah, and, and a lot closer and if it's yeah. something that's gonna hurt you it's you're you're gonna have to you you're gonna have to be good at it like <laughs> i guess that's part of the skill yeah. well yeah i mean you gotta get you got to get closer shot placement matters more just because you don't have as much mass you know as much sure. energy going in yeah sure so you i mean you really need to hit them uh in a good spot but uh i don't know i've i've never archery hunted i haven't either i i i have a few buddies that have um but uh i don't know i'm when it comes to hunting i'm like I've got a gun. It's, yeah, <laughs> yeah well, exactly. I don't want to dumb this down. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so this movie, we admit that it has a fair amount of faults, but you're still a fan. I'm still a fan. See, and and the on the on the rewatches, I essentially look at it as like all the talking and all the you know hanging out in the woods and all the, the thievery. That's kind of boring. But man, that last thirty minutes. When they when mm -hmm. they have to when they have to save everybody, and you know the, oh yeah when they're hanging and when they're when they're hanging and you know him shoot and obviously the the slow motion of him shooting the flaming arrow and yeah uh, all that kind of stuff that stuff when that revs up and it's like the action when as an action movie this is pretty good 
Yeah. It's all the in-between that's kind of stupid. Yeah. No, there's, I mean, there's, there's definitely great parts, uh, you know, when they're shoving the, the gallows down and yeah, stuff like that, you know, lifting up their feet and everything like that, but which, okay. But it's, uh, typically most people that got hung, once got, you drop it, it snaps necks, your neck. Snapped. It's not to be suffocated. Yeah, yeah. It was supposed to be quick. It was considered. It was considered. Um, uh, uh, yeah. mercy, uh, it was mercy. It was a mercy kill, essentially. Like it's. It's. It was. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Humane. It was the humane way to kill somebody. Yeah, at yeah. the time. Yeah, because. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not saying there's not botched ones, but sure. yeah. Uh, the way you're really supposed to do it is place the knot in such a way that the, and you have to measure the length of the fall and everything. There was a guy named Blackjack something in Texas, I believe, and they hung him. Well, he gained so much weight during his time in jail. They miscalculated oh, the no. length of the fall. Decapitated oh. <laughs> in front of God and everybody. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but okay, cameras is blackjack something. Anyways, I have a, I have a, I have a question right up your alley before we move on to the other movie. Okay, get out of my alley. Uh, so, so oh. the uh, the old lady from the bathtub in The Shining, mm-hmm. or uh, or or the the old witch in this one. You got you gotta Ooh. you gotta make a choice. You gotta make a choice. Uh she is so she, shining. Yeah, I'm going shining. I think so too, man. She's, and there's a bed right there. And too. she's she's I so mean, un, she's so unsettling in this movie. Uh just so like the what that the is eye. creepy. I hate I hate when she's like spinning oh, yeah. that stuff around in the plate and like making a potion or something. It's creepy. <laughs> Very creepy and unsettling. I agree. Maybe uh, my Peter hole shut off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good call back on that one, buddy. I appreciate that. Um, okay. So we've had this, we're, we've been talking about how much we enjoy this movie and yes, critics kind of killing it. We kind of make sense because of the accents yeah. and all this stuff like that. What about the other Kevin Costner, Kevin Reynolds collaboration? One that uh, a much different type of movie uh, in a lot of different ways from 1995, Waterworld, directed by Kevin Reynolds, written by Peter Rader and David, uh, David Tui, mm-hmm. uh, starring Kevin Costner, Dennis Hopper, Janine Triplehorn, Tina uh, Majorino, and Michael Jeter, co-starring Gerald, Gerald Murphy, already called Kim Coates, and Jack Black. Did you see Jack Black in the movie? He was, Didn't notice him. He was the uh, pilot. Whenever they, whenever they harpooned the boat, he's the pilot of the f- a plane as it's going around. Jack Black in one of his first. Movies. Really? Yeah. I guess I didn't notice it. Yeah. No. So if you ever, if uh, next time you watch Waterworld, Jack Black is in there. Anyway, so um, uh, that uh, that opened on July twenty eighth, uh, nineteen ninety five. Uh, Pretty good box office considering 88.2 million in the US, 176 million international. It made 264.2 million dollars, but it was 175 million dollars to make. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that is a lot. Um, so I mean, 
It is what it is. Uh, actually did get an Oscar nomination. Um, I, I, I put no awards. I was wrong. It Now, it made best sound, this one. Uh, okay. So I guess that makes sense. The sound in the movie is pretty cool. It's not like it's... It's not like it's un. Uh, it's not like it's not worthy of that. I'm, I'm, well, I'm, I think just like boats going through water, the jet skis, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I could see it doing okay on Sam. Now, this is one of the first. This is the first movie we've ever talked about like this. Forty-five percent Rotten Tomatoes for critics. Forty-three percent from audience. The audience has hated it as much as the critics did, which, <laughs> which. When it's it's hard to say that when it makes two hundred sixty four million dollars, is it one of those things? Yeah. It's like it's so terrible we have to watch it. But I don't think it is that terrible. It just it. I'm I'm not sure I've seen a movie that comes across as boy that looks like a pain in the ass to make. Like that did not look fun. Yeah. Uh, I. Definitely think this is probably very close to Mad Max. <laughs> yes, I mean, as far in as... In like, terms of the expense and the filming and the yes, scenes and yes. all that. And it's kind of like, man, y'all did a lot of work for... That. Whatever it is. I mean, like, and, and there are these, you know, obviously, like, the famed crazy productions, like, Titanic was a... Yeah, it was expected to be a massive disaster until it turned into this the yeah phenomenon that it was. Same thing with a Avatar. record breaker. Yeah, yeah. A, a lot of things yep. like that. But I mean, with this one, you're like, man, all that work and what was it all for? Uh, <laughs> I'll do a quick I'll do a quick plot summary of a movie that is extremely plotty. But um, I will uh, I will do a quick plot summary of uh, Waterworld. So the world the year is twenty five hundred. Um, the polar ice caps have melted as a result of sea levels have now risen. Um, the logistics of it don't really work, but it doesn't matter. Uh, it, it literally, if every piece of water ice on the world uh, melted, I think mm -hmm. most of the world would still be here. Anyway, so anyway, yeah, it's, it's twenty five hundred. Yeah. Sea levels have risen. Everybody lives on. Uh, every, everything's underwater. Uh, the remains of human civilization essentially live on rugged, floating communities known as atolls. Um, and so they're Adels. all adults. Yeah. So they're all living on those or on boats. Uh, dry land exists somewhere, but it's just a myth essentially. So uh, the, um, Kevin Costner plays the Mariner never gets a, never has an actual name besides the Mariner. Um, he's a lone drifter. Uh, he trades dirt, uh, a rare commodity mm -hmm. and other things to different places. Um, they find out that he is a mutant with gills behind his ears, a very unsettling mm -hmm. little scene, especially whenever you're a kid. Um, and they, they're like, they going to throw him in. They're going to kill him for some reason because he's a mutant. Um, but the Atoll is attacked by the smokers, essentially a gang of pirates headed by, yeah. uh, Dennis Hopper named the Deacon for some reason. And, uh, mm -hmm. and also, uh, uh, the Nord Gerald Murphy with this incredible big lion's mane of red hair. Anyway, so the uh, the smokers uh, are a gang of pirates looking for Anola, this little girl Tina Margarino, who is uh, they apparently has the map to dry land tattooed on her back, as is one to do. Um, she, she is uh, she is uh, watched by her guardian Helen, played by Jeanine Triplehorn. They try to escape in a gas balloon, but uh, they essentially it releases too early. Um, the balloon gets away and then the Mariner, uh, is freed by Helen as kind of a, Hey, if I let you go, will you help us get away? 
and he does. Um, they uh, he blows up uh, a bunch of smoker boats, uh, a, a hurting mm-hmm. the deacon. Tries to get away. They're floating on the water, and everybody keeps coming, trying to. They want to find Enola. Um, Enola's really annoying, and the mariner eventually gets to the point where he's like, "Okay, I kind of like her now." Uh, Helen likes him too. Uh, after eventually offering herself to him, but he doesn't. He doesn't reciprocate. Um, so the smokers abduct Enola. Uh, for some reason, in the middle of this, the mariner decides to take Helen down where dry land is, and it's actually all underwater where he gets dirt and finds all these different yeah. things. Uh, yeah. The smokers take Enola, and they believe to kill everybody, uh, but they uh, hide underwater uh, because the mariner obviously can breathe underwater. Um, the uh, Mariner f- takes a jet ski and tracks down Deacon at the uh, remains of the Exxon Valdez shore. Um, and uh, so um, the Mariner. And this is in 2500? Yes. Yeah, so this is a 600 year old boat. <laughs> That's <laughs> why the Exxon Valdez is there. Like, yeah, it's. Let's not That's worry. like us saying we got on the Mayflower. Yes. It's, it's, like, it's, it's like, oh, that's the, long gone. Yeah. That they're the, the, like the, the, the remnants Nina, of the, the <laughs> Pinta, Santa Maria, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Are. It's definitely not there. So anyway, uh, the Mariner blows up the Exxon Valdez and uh, is able to survive uh, to uh, save Enola from the Deacon. Uh, Deacon um, kills, uh, actually kills himself with a bunch of others on jet skis. Um, they uh, escape into the hot air balloon and they follow Enola's map to dry land, presumably, you know, Mount Everest or whatever the hell it is. They find dry land. Um, everybody stays except the Mariner who's like, nope, I'm a Mariner. I'm going to leave. Okay. So he goes and the end. Uh, boop. What a goofy movie. <laughs> it's, I, you know, I, I see all these things like, you know, a lot of times you have these movies where everybody is, you know, post-apocalyptic and like you were talking about Mad Max and it's like in the middle of the desert and you're like, everybody's yeah. kind of dirty. This one, everybody's dirty, but they're surrounded by water, which seems worse. It just, yeah, it just, yeah. can you imagine always being just wet? Like just, uh, yeah. <laughs> so gross, man uh yeah so i mean the entire no but seriously that would that would be a problem uh yeah just well but also presuming you know salt water that has very drying effect you know i mean like sure and obviously you know you know what it feels like in your eyes and yeah yeah the the There, there's a lot of interesting avenues this movie could have gone down and it really doesn't explore any of them like what's it yeah. like what's it like to live on here like you know the the movie opens with kevin costner drinking his own piss i really a really yeah. apt metaphor for this movie in general like yeah. <laughs> i'm going to pee drink it for your entertainment you're like okay nobody asked for this like you didn't need to do this like actually like, you could rename this movie kevin costner drinks his own piss for your entertainment <laughs> pretty much i mean so, that's about all you need now uh yeah i mean <laughs> uh, well i 
You know, it reminds me of, uh, I think I mentioned this last episode about Noah, the yes. retelling of Noah's Ark. Yes. I like when stories are retold. However, and this isn't a retelling, but, uh, well, I mean, almost the whole world floods, but it's like, yeah, you could have done so much more with that setting, I I think, you know. Yeah, there, but, there's there's so many, there's a lot of interesting like minutia that would I, I want to know about. Like they're talking about like, oh, dirt's a high, co- a big commodity. It's like, okay, well, I guess that makes sense and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, the various things along the lines. And the cool, what the, what's the coolest part of the movie? Whenever Kevin Costner takes Helen down to look at the sea world, you're like, oh, that's kind of nifty. Like, and yeah. at, the, at the same time, even that you're like, okay, so he's just going to drag down this, what glass pot and somehow, somehow keep her alive. And he doesn't explode from the pressure. Like it's, it's, it really strains levels of silliness. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, uh, just, well, uh, I mean, he's got gills. So this he is, should be able to regulate pressure better. Like uh, lake trout, whenever they come up really fast, they have the capability of burping to regulate their do they really? temperature. Yeah. Interesting. And it's, it's a good way to know that you've got a lake trout is bubbles come up. They oh, start really? burping and they regulate themselves. Now you rip up a walleye and their eyes are popped out. Sure, sure. Like their guts coming out. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of one of those things. It's just the nature. Anyways, I'm just saying it's possible. (laughs) Well, we talked about this right before we actually started. Like they, they find gills on the Mariner and they're like, Oh, we got to kill them. We got to sacrifice them to this, this organic ooze. Mm -hmm. They're like, why isn't he your King? Like, shouldn't he be ruling over you all? It's like, the entire world is made of water. This guy can live underwater, stay underwater as long as he wants. Yeah. And yeah. you have the first thing, we got to kill it? Yeah. No, I'd be like, okay, join our team. Yes. And you go down and get resources that no one else can do. He can go down and spearfish. He can kill the big... He literally Almost like the Tremors monster or whatever <laughs> that thing was, you know, whatever. Yeah, he should be your MVP. The the now that scene where he kills the fish for them to eat is pretty funny because this is a hundreds and hundreds of pound fish, and next thing you see, you see the meat of like I don't know the like like a fillet. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, it's like tons. Yeah, that's it. This I mean, thing's like this. It's like some devil whale or something. <laughs> but I guess you can always cut well, it down. You're all, I, I cut off. I cut off this it's little. It's like piece. you got a tuna or something. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's just kind of how silly this movie is in general. I mean, the it's it just. Can you imagine? Okay, so you're you're a you're a world class actor. An actor enough where you're like, I want you to be in this movie. Um, I want you to be a bit part in this movie. Or let's say I want you to play Kim Coates, the crazy guy who gets on the boat and uh, wants to 
the so there's the they're in the middle of the water and there's that other guy who wants to trade oh yes 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 the, the crazy guy the guy that was in black hawk down yes yes and in sons of anarchy okay. yes yes so yes. let's okay. say let's say you're kim Coates, and they're like hey man you're a good we'll give you a nice little paycheck do this movie how long are you on this set before you're like no amount of money is worth this is it a day is it two days is it because <laughs> It just there, there's no part of this that looks like anybody's having fun. Even Dennis Harper, who's probably on all sorts of God knows what he's on. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, uh, I don't know. I guess it would depend on your experience with the water and do you get seasick? Uh, yeah. that's that's a big factor. I mean, because. I mean, some people that get violently ill at sea, like have to get helicoptered back because of dehydration. <laughs> yeah. So I guess it would depend, but uh, I don't know. I it, mean, so, so I, I want to go through a little, uh, little bit of production stuff from this movie. Um, Kevin Costner invested $22 million of his own money to cover the rest of the budget. Um, I imagine he probably recouped it whenever the movie did make a little bit of money. Um, the floating atoll set was actually created. Uh, it, was, it was floating. It was off the islands of Hawaii um, and was incredibly expensive and was destroyed a couple times due to weather. Um, mm -hmm. Always, always fun. Um, Kevin Costner wanted to direct the film, um, but uh, then, uh, so, uh, sorry, he, had, he gave his friend Kevin Reynolds the opportunity to direct it. And then Costner kind of went, no, I'm going to direct it more i'm more directing it than you are um, yeah it essentially ruined their relationship and they never worked again after this i can imagine oh wow uh, yeah also uh apparently uh kawasaki jet skis um mm -hmm. where i think i think it might have been promotional aspects of it um kevin costner worked for 157 days that's six days a week um i cannot he apparently nearly died Ooh um <laughs> a, a professional surfer was his stunt double it's a uh it's a it sounds like a real mess um you know at, the, yeah. at what point is a uh, no pun intended a sunken cost like are you on there for 30 days and you're like you know what guys this just isn't worth it yeah i would say it would it would be like uh in military history you would call it a pyrrhic victory or yes. a pirate victory, yes. depending on how you pronounce it. It's like, yes, it was a success, but at what cost? What cost? Like, yes. Was was that worth that much of my life? Yeah, there's to, a there's a po there's a poker an term injury and there's a poker term called pot committed, where essentially you spent so much money in this pot. You either have to it, it's you either have to commit everything to it, and if you give up, there's what's the point are you even playing for? So right, exactly the same thing. Um, yep. Okay, so I want to talk about this Hopper. So uh -huh. Hopper Hopper is really something in this movie. Um, mm -hmm. Does he make the movie better or is he kind of drag it down? Like he seems like the right energy for what this movie is bringing. I think he fits in this movie, yeah, pretty well. But that's not necessarily a compliment. Yeah, it's <laughs> the chaos of what this movie is bringing. Um, Hopper, 
Like, it seems like Hopper might be the only one who understands how big of a mess this is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Dennis Hopper's, he's funny. I mean, he's weird. I just think about other stuff he's in, and I'm like, he's just all hoppery. He's very hoppery. Um, <laughs> he's, and he is at his hopperiest in this one. I mean, he is... Yeah. Uh, you know, all the, all the goofy thing, all the goofy sayings, pulling the eye patch up being also like, it's just, I can't, I'm not saying like, I've seen Dennis Hopper be good, but when I think yeah. of good actors, I don't think of Dennis Hopper. No, not really. Yeah. I mean, but he kind of suits. What was that rush he was in? Was that, or uh, no, what was it called? What's a bus movie? Oh, uh, yeah, Speed, Speed. Uh, speed, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's not good in that movie because no. he's not supposed to be good in that movie. He's supposed to be a silly, over-the-top guy, and he nails it. Like, that's that's what he does. You've seen Easy Rider. I have not seen Easy Rider. Yes. Now, yes. That, that's that's more the good side of Dennis Hopper. Uh, He or, does, yeah. Yeah. He does pretty good in it, but... I don't know. Maybe he just didn't have enough drugs in him at that point or something. <laughs> but, and I mean, uh, I, I, I've seen, uh, you've seen the movie True Romance. Okay. If you haven't seen True Romance, it's fine. Because all you need to see of Dennis Hopper is the scene I'm going to put right here. Dennis Hopper is being interrogated by Christopher Walken. It's like an eight minute scene. And they are both incredible in this movie. They're then, and they're both very sincere. They're it's Tarantino dialogue, but not directed by Tarantino. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll I'll get you to see the clip, and obviously, if you click that link, you can see the clip as well. He's really really good in that movie. But I mean, it's you know it, it's you talk about we we talked about this with other actors like Nicholson. It's like when you hire yeah. when you hire Dennis Hopper, you're getting Dennis Hopper. Like right. You can't expect him to deliver this nuanced, subtle performance of a bad guy. No, no, no. Yeah. And just like Rickman, he is bad because he's bad. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's not like hiring uh, Daniel Day-Lewis to play Lincoln. Yes. Okay. When he... You're going to get Lincoln. Yes. Authentically Lincoln. Yeah. As close as you're going to get. Probably. Yes. Yep. As, as close as he can get. But, yeah, you hire Nicholson, Hopper, you're getting Nicholson or Hopper. Pretty much. Wahlberg. Yeah. <laughs> Probably you're getting, getting a Wahlberg. Getting Wahlberg, yeah, exactly. Um, but, I mean, okay, so I want to talk about the moment you remember and the moment I remember more than anything else in this entire movie. And that's when Kevin Costner drops that flare. He drops that flare oh, in, yeah. that, in, the, in that oil. That's the best scene. Him dropping it. It's not him dropping it. It's that It's that old guy saying, oh, thank God. Like, yeah. just the that little line in the middle of all that gives so much context to anything. It's such an interesting, much more interesting movie if you focus on that one little line. The If, if, if ever one scene could possibly resurrect a terrible fucking movie yes it's that just it's he, yeah he's in such fucking misery that he knows he's about to 
it's almost over. The sweet release of death comes. <laughs> I've only got a second left of this bullshit. Thank God. That yeah. That yeah, that line is such an is so much more fascinating than anything else that happens in the movie. And it really is. It, and I mean, and something that I find interesting with that specific little scene is I mean, you think about the history, world, world history with slavery or indentured servitude and like uh, horrible working conditions being a coal miner or yep. something. How many people, you know, like, oh, thank God something's fallen on me. Or, you <laughs> thank know, God, thank like, God this mine is <laughs> collapsing. Exactly. Like, God, yeah. yeah and, I mean, that 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 I agree. That's so much more interesting than anything else happens in the movie, and yeah. it's all, it, and that being so good makes the rest of the movie worse because you've hit that, and then you're yeah. like, man, I still remember that old guy, and then he's going through killing people like in, he's in a car for some reason. Like, there's a car yeah. in the middle of the Exxon Valdez. Like that's so stupid, and you yeah. can't get out of your mind the old guy because that was more interesting than anything else that's happened. It's kind of like if uh, I spent a week with you, and let's say three, four days, I look like a complete hobo. I'm well, I do, but <laughs> I'm on. You know, yeah. I don't take a bath. I'm in yeah. dirty clothes, and everything, and then I spruce up real nice and have a custom fitted suit and i'm charming and vivacious as i always am <laughs> always and then i just go back to looking like crap then you're like wait i know you can do that yeah what what so yeah. <laughs> why do you look like crap again <laughs> yeah i'm really curious where that came from like where did that moment of brilliance in kind of this wasteland of weird where'd that come from it's a fascinating little snippet it comes from every working person ever well well you gotta where you just go like you know oh thank god a, a, a like, blue this blue is over well i mean even once five o'clock hits yes even that simple is like oh thank god and and, and you, you can leave you and, know and you gotta it's think that, like, like relief where, where in this shoot was this done was it like the third to last day of this shoot and they're just like this has been hell this movie's almost over oh thank god and <laughs> that guy wasn't even acting yeah it's just he was an extra and they said sorry you're getting ace he like, didn't oh, even have a line that was just improv. He's like, oh, thank God. I can go home tomorrow. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, that's, yeah. But I, I wish I wish more of that would, uh, more of that was more interesting. Um, all right. So so we were talked about, yes, we like, we, we kind of recognize that Robin Hood's not a very good movie, mm -hmm. but we like it. Do you mm -hmm. like Waterworld? Or do you kind of watch it like, I'm not sure I like it, but I still watch it anyway? Yeah, kind of. I think it it at least holds the appeal, the appeal of uh that apocalyptic yeah uh 
kind of like zombie movies. You're yeah. like, that yeah. would never happen. I'll never be in this situation. But it just makes you think, how would I handle that? What would I do? You know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. This, so this, even this though one... it's so stupid, you're like, oh, what if the world was water? What this is this do? is this is definitely one where like, well, I'd be dead. Like, <laughs> it's like I don't think I'd I don't think I'd last much on here. It's like I'm definitely not the old guy making hot air balloons or something like that. But uh, yeah, yeah. All right, let's take a let's take a quick break. We'll come back. All right, we are back. It is time for my favorite segment of the week. It's full for a dumbass. Every week I go for the filmography of a filmmaker and put Jake's cinematic knowledge to the test. It is time for the man, the myth, the legend himself. No woman in the world who is over the age of 40 does not love him. It is Kevin Costner himself. The man who has always been in your mom's dreams. I hate to break it to you, everybody. <laughs> I mean, when you think when you think of the who's the handsome actor who your mom is probably a big fan of, it's probably Kevin Costner, right? Like I don't think she can't come out of bed for eating crackers, you know. <laughs> Uh, started his career uh, early, a lot of different interesting things. He started his movie, his career in the movie uh, uh, The Big Chill as the dead friend that actually brings everybody together, but his scenes were cut. So he's actually not in The Big Chill. Um, it's a really small stuff here and there. Um, really broke through in the movie, uh, the first movie on this list. Have you seen the, the Western 1985 Silverado? Silverado. It is, uh, it's, it's, it's 75, uh, uh, 85. Uh, it's Kevin, oh, it's, it's Kevin Klein, Scott Glenn, Kevin Costner, and Danny Glover. It's, uh, it's, it's, interesting. I don't think so. It's not bad. It's, it's, uh, it's fun. Uh, Kevin Costner is having a ball in this movie. He is, uh, he's like yeah. a young, young gunslinger, just having a blast. Um, yeah. Really brought him out to, uh, kind of, uh, acclaim to people. And then two years later, he officially became Kevin Costner, the movie star, in uh, as the one and only Elliot Ness in The Untouchables. Yeah. Oh man, that's a great freaking movie. Love it. That's yeah. a that's the that's a great uh, that's the epitome for me. That's the epitome of a movie I really enjoy, really like the performances, and I have so many issues with it. Like I have a lot of yeah. There's some really dumb things that happen in it. I don't like the directorial yeah. choices. They like heavy handed. But uh, with you, uh, like, I like the Untouchables and yeah. Robert De Niro doing his thing. Uh, yeah. Heroic Kevin Costner, Sean Connery, just yeah, being Sean Connery. Yeah. Um, but that was the first time that anybody would be like, okay, Kevin Costner being a movie star is a thing. Mm -hmm. um, two years later, uh, the next year actually. My favorite of the Kevin Costner sports movies, uh, Bull Durham. Yes, I love Bull Durham. Definitely, it's I do too. Uh, it's it's such a good view of kind of how even minor league athletes are all minor kind league. of assholes. Like they're all just yeah. kind of shitbirds. And um, great movie. Uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily think of Susan Sarandon as being necessarily gorgeous and everything. She's more yeah. of like the good action man. She's she's there's something about her in that movie. Anyway, yeah. Um, the next year, keeping up the same energy as Ray Kins Ray Kinsella, 
in the baseball classic Field of Dreams? Yes, of course. Um, I, I heard so, like there's so much about Field of Dreams that is much more interesting than you remember. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you've seen Field of Dreams recently, but it's been a while. So, you know, you just think, oh, they're just like hanging out in they're hanging out in Iowa and ghosts and kind of stuff. And it's like they do a lot more than that. Like they go get Burt Lancaster. Yeah. They go to a they go to a Fenway game, Fenway Park and all these kind of interesting kind of side quests and James Earl Jones doing the James Earl Jones thing. Uh, we yep. talked about him in that. Um, now, that that movie, I think, is maybe the best uh, expression of a love affair with baseball. Yes, it's a it's a that's a really good point. Moneyball and Field of Dreams are probably one and two. Of yes. Like, I'm yeah. romantic about baseball, and this is the Absolutely. movie that puts it out there. I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of, it's almost like a rom-com or a chick flick for, you know, a someone that's into that. Yeah. It's like, if you're a baseball lover, this is like your romantic, you know. It, touch, it touches, yeah. it touches on the parts of baseball that make it so endearing exactly beautiful yes. yeah beautiful yes yep. i love field of dreams the next year everybody's grandpa's favorite movie including ours dances with wolves yep all timers uh uh it's it's probably gonna make my list we'll probably just have to do that one so uh, so, so there's it i think he yeah. has a four-hour version of dances with wolves uh, so there's a there's a book, there's a book you gave me uh, you you gave me a uh, um, I think it's back here somewhere actually um, it there it is it's up there so you're gonna be a dad it's a, a, up here next to oh back. yeah and you gave it to me and in that in that it's saying like okay so you know late nights are a big factor so you got to find long ass movies and he said the director's cut mm-hmm. of, da- of Dances with Wolves is four hours long watch that like yeah. the kid won't sleep so I always think okay. of that. I love Dancing with Wolves. There's a lot of cool stuff to it. And yeah. Um, got the got a win for best picture, got a best director win. Uh, great movie. It's one of those it, for some reason people kind of sour on it. I love Dancing with Wolves. I think it's great. We we have to do it. I have so much to talk about it that Oh sure. I don't yeah, want to yeah. spoil it. Sure. But uh, no for for whatever reason, as a young kid, I just got fascinated with Native American culture and yeah. everything like that. And yeah, that's a great one. So we'll we'll I'm gonna I'm gonna save my ammo. Okay, okay. I was gonna say you're you're you got a lot in there. Um, oh yeah. So uh, the then next year he does Robin Hood. Um, he actually did mm-hmm. Dances World, Robin Hood, and then JFK, which I know you've seen because we <laughs> talked about JFK last week with uh with um kevin bacon so he does all those back to back and then he makes a movie which is really terrible but it made a ton of money uh the bodyguard uh yeah it is a real bad movie a movie where he is not very good he does not have chemistry with whitney houston um it really seems like he does not give a shit. He really on, does. <laughs> really on, I mean, on cruise can, control. Yeah, you can kind of blame it on the like aloofness of being a bodyguard. Yeah. But 
I I feel like he was like Quentin Houston. That's going to be a big box office, no matter what. Uh, I'll phone it in. Well, and that's that's always my. I get frustrated with actors a lot of times when I know you can be good and you get to. And yeah. like Costner has is very, like Costner goes Untouchables, Bull Durham, Field of Dreams, where he cares. Yeah. And then he does some small movies where he doesn't really care. He does Dances with Wolves where he really cares. Yes. He does Robin Hood, doesn't care. JFK, eh. JFK does care. Yeah. Perfect World, or a Bodyguard doesn't care. Then he goes to a perfect <laughs> world, which I don't have on this list because we're going to do it very soon. Yeah. We got Perfect yeah. World coming up that's on this a, list. That's a big one, yeah. He does care, and that's a cool movie. That's a cool little oh, movie. Oh, man. We're going we're gonna to get yeah. into it. Perfect World's a cool movie. I think it's like... It I, really we have is. It, we have it on the schedule, so we're going to do a Perfect World. Yeah. But um, so after that, man, he does not take a break. The guy just keeps working. Uh, so Untouchables, 87. Bull Durham, 88. Field of Dreams, 89. Dance with Wolves, 90. Robin Hood and JFK, both 91. Bodyguard 92, Perfect World 93, Wyatt Earp 94. Have you seen Wyatt Earp? Yeah. It's it's long. It it's long and not good. Uh it's Tombstones uh like they that's like 1A, maybe 2A ball compared to Tombstone playing in the majors that's a really basically. good way to put it. like that tombstone had the way to do it and then wyatt earp's yeah. like we're gonna do it completely different I'm like no 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 not like that i like that like it's just yeah it's a it's a it's yeah it's a very silly not good movie um so wyatt earp in 94 also did the movie the war Waterworld in 95 or yeah. the, the war is a good movie and then how about a probably the best depiction of golf in film have you seen tin cup no. I know you hate golf, but Tin Cup is great. I hate golf so much. <laughs> I, I can't. I've tried. I've know, tried know, to know, like it. I know man. you have. I know um, you have. I've you, attempted. You've tried. I, I appreciate the attempt. It's nice, but I mean, I get it. Piss Tin, on it. Tin Cup is a uh, is a romantic comedy that golf is just happens to be the thing that is surrounding. Kind of like, excuse me, kind of like Bull Durham and Rene Russo okay. looking great. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's the only movie that's ever uh, captured the idea of competitive golf and how it actually can be competitive. It's a great mm -hmm. movie. Anyway, so I love Tim Cup. Um, keeps working, keeps working, keeps working. Have you seen the other baseball movie he did for the love of the game? For the love of the game. He is a uh, he is a pitcher for the Detroit Tigers, and he is okay. essentially at the end of his career. Mm -hmm. And he's throwing a perfect game. And while he's throwing a perfect game, he yes. remembers his career. Yes. Kelly Preston. Yes. I like it. I, I yes. Think yes. I like it. Uh, it's, it's one of those, like, they don't talk about baseball movies. When they talk about baseball movies, they don't bring up love of the game. I like love of the game. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah. Do you know who his catcher is in the perfect game? The actor, uh, John C. No. Riley. Really? <laughs> that guy pops up all over the place. <laughs> Him and uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, what who you mentioned earlier? Yeah. Uh, Jack Black. 
Yeah, yeah, it's just like, what is he they doing? They just kind of <laughs> pop around, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Um. So that was in uh, that was in 99. Um, another Kuwait classic I want to bring up. Have you, uh, remember 13 Days? The, uh, the JFK, mm. uh, the JFK Cuban Missile Crisis movie. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Bruce Greenwood as uh, as uh, JFK. Thought uh, it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. A solid like grandpa movie. Like, oh, your grandpa would probably like this. Uh, yeah. Speaking of grandpa movie, I put it on the list for the sole reason of our grandfather. Oh, it's Dragonfly. Dragonfly, baby. <laughs> Nobody on the planet loved Dragonfly more than our grandfather. Nobody. He thought it was the creme de la creme of all film for the history of film. Boy, does Dragonfly suck. And <laughs> it's terrible, but for some reason, he just latched onto it. I don't, I don't know why. Every idiot, idiotic thing about the movie is just the yeah. thing that he loved. It doesn't make a ton, a ton of sense. I don't know. If I looked at a, a Rotten Tomatoes score and it said audience 1%, I would say, how did people figure out how to get on there and put in a like? <laughs> uh, now, I think he's the only dude. Now now I have to look up Dragonfly on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, 7% on Rotten Tomatoes for critics, 62 for audience. There's a lot Jeez. of there's a parallel now the the critical consensus sappy dull and muddled like everybody just says it's boring as hell and it's bad I'm like yeah it boring phony and a complete waste of talent yes dragonfly is bad don't watch dragonfly people um nobody's thought of dragonfly in the last 15 years so don't worry um how about a how about a better kevin costner movie a movie he directed uh open range i love open range now you did bring like that. You did bring it up in our, I think, our Die Hard episode about uh, very unrealistic uh, bullet calculate bullet math. Yeah, probably one of the most, uh, just the best old western shootout scene, but also one that you go, it's it doesn't, it's cool, <laughs> but it shot, wouldn't happen like shot, that. shotguns making guys fly and yeah all that kind of stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah. stuff that defies physics and yeah but yeah yeah but <laughs> i love about, it though how about for you know you, you kind of have those niche movies where you're like you know the movies about the Navy or the movies about this branch of uh, like surfers or something like oh. some niche. How about, how about the guardian with Aston yeah. Kutcher? Yeah. knew that's where you're going. Yeah. yeah. The guard. It's not a very good movie, but. <laughs> Dude, I don't, I really don't like Ashton Kutcher. I, I don't like, like him as an actor either. I don't think he's a very good actor. Um, especially, especially not in, uh, to be a dramatic. serious role yeah, yeah yeah dramatic role i mean it's like whenever you're on that 70s show and you're playing this dumbass like pothead kid you pull that off all Nail, right nails it yes exactly but no yeah. i no it was stupid i agree uh he keeps hanging around the little things he takes a couple years off uh after 2010 he pops back up in 2013 
as uh, as Superman's dad. Have you seen Man of Steel? No, no, uh, not good movie. Um, he's good in it. He is as Superman's uh, uh, Earth dad. Like he's he's Clark Kent's adopted dad, and he's really good in it. He's like nice and like. He's the he's the actor that you always want Kevin Costner to be like oh that that fatherly figure type guy good in that movie mm. but uh, bad movie um, I got one more for you it's uh, I know you are a fan like I know you're a Jason Bourne fan are you a Jack mm-hmm. Ryan are you a Jack Ryan fan I am Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit where Chris Pine was Jack Ryan Nah I don't think I've seen that that but that is a lot like the Bourne legacy where yeah it's 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 fine but there's a stretch that's really really good like they have yeah. there's some really good things in it and kevin costner's kind of his um his like superior officer as jack ryan is coming up and he's really good in it and he he's uh i i suggest yeah. that it's a nice it's a nice like they throw it on and not really think much of it it's a nice little movie i like chris pine um yeah jack ryan shadow yeah well i think i've only seen now that i think of it i think i've only seen the john krasinski ones oh okay Uh, yeah or the the harrison ford ones patriot games and yeah the the old school tom clancy but i mean that's a pretty solid movie you did pretty good buddy um so that that does it for our poll for MS for kevin costner he's got one upcoming film which he is directing it is a uh it is his um, passion project it is called Horizon. It is set in pre and post American Civil War, depicting the expansion of the American West. Um, it is uh, supposedly supposed to come out this year. Um, I don't know what it's about besides that. It's a little, bro- little, little broad-minded, I guess. Uh, there's a lot. Yeah, there, there's, there's a, a lot. There's a lot to that. Um, I'm not. I'm not a yellow. <laughs> I'm not a Yellowstone guy. Uh, yeah. Uh, I know a lot of people like Yellowstone and that's essentially what he's known for these days, but uh, still working just fine. I'm sure he's making gobs of cash off that thing. I don't know. He's probably struggling. <laughs> 12 out of 16. Nah, on, yeah. 12 out of 16 on Kevin Costner. Pretty solid, buddy. All right. I think it's about that time though. I know. Uh, sir, you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law, your et cetera, et cetera. Okay, I'll take that. Okay, just get in the hot box. Each episode, instead of me sharing the conversation, Jake peppers me with a series of questions that I must answer truthfully. Sometimes it's trivia, sometimes it's not. What you got for me? Uh, so we'll do a water world reference. Okay. Uh, how comfortable are you in the water? I feel confident enough where like, I don't think I can, I think I could tread water. Like if, if I'm in the water, like in a pool, I'm not at all worried about it. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's like, I'm, I'm, I can settle myself enough where I'm never going to have trouble in a pool in the ocean. I can, I see how you can get overwhelmed. Like, mm-hmm. and uh, it's not like it's, I don't take to it like natural. Riptides, currents. Riptides, currents, waves, all that kind of stuff. And I, I like if, if fairly calm seas, I feel kind of confident I could like lay on my back and tread for a while. 
but um, it's not like something I immediately like, oh, I love the water. I have to jump in the water the first chance I get. Um, it's not, yeah. not bad. But like I said, I think I would die in this world very quickly if I was in water world. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just being honest. Uh, so these are both uh, Kevin Costner. So tell me what you think the best performance from Kevin Costner is uh, in any film, TV, whatever. And what is the worst? Best and worst, Kevin Costner. Um, I'm going to go with Bull Durham as his best. Like it just, okay. it, it just gives everything he has as far as charm, kind of that swagger, like everything, yep. everything he does right is that. Um, the worst. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at some real stinkers. Um, I'm going to have to go with 3,000 miles to Graceland where he and Kurt Russell are Elvis impersonator bank robbers. It's a bad movie. It's a very not good movie. Um, I, I guess, uh, I guess I don't think of him as like, man, I really hate him in stuff. Um, he's usually pretty good. I mean, he really sleeps with the bodyguard, but uh, 3000 miles to Graceland is my go-to. All right. Do you have yeah. an, do you have an opinion? Man, uh, best probably dances with wolves. Mm. May, maybe I just love that movie so much. I, sure. I know I'm biased, sure. but, and then, uh, worse, maybe water. He's, 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 I don't know. So uh, I'm sure he's done worse. I just haven't seen it. I didn't mention it between the two movies. You want to talk about hair differences between two movies. <sighs> Oh, in, in yeah. I mean, in Robin Hood, it's flowing fat locks. And then in Waterworld, it's wet and pretty balding and just not going great. But I mean, yeah, well, yeah, whatever. He's got enough money to figure that out, you know. One worst actor uh, in, uh, he won a Razzie in 92 for Robin Hood. He uh, won a worst actor. Did he really? He won, he won he's won three Razzies. For Robin Hood, White Earp, and The Postman. I haven't seen The Postman. The Postman. Uh, it's, like, it's another post-apocalyptic, but whatever. Um, all right. So in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, uh, whenever uh, Robin Hood initially shows up uh, pretty quickly, he finds like the king or the, uh, you know, the Lord's guys uh, chasing down a boy for trying to hunt a deer. Yeah. So that was feudal law, a uh, feudal rule. So like all the animals, all the resources belong to the property owner. And then you had to pay taxes for the honor of okay. living on his place. Sure. So, I have never uh, lived under the yoke of an <laughs> HOA because sure. I know I wouldn't. I believe you have. I am currently living under the yoke of an HOA. Okay. How is that any different from fucking feudal law? 
Um, well, because feudal law at least made a little bit of sense. Um, <laughs> I like it. I, I, I am under the cruel thumb of an HOA and they are totally and completely <laughs> useless. Um, they provide no service. I pay for no reason. Um, they do no good. It's for the honor of living in that the honor neighborhood. Of living in this neighborhood. That's what an HOA does. I'm going to start calling them feudal lords. That's wonderful. Now, now I have something more to insult them with. Hey, hello, Mike. It's feudal- feudalism, man. How is it any different? It's like, oh, do I owe you a fiefdom for this? Like, uh... <laughs> Right. Yeah. Goodness. Well, shit. I pay prop- property taxes on a place that I've paid off. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So Whatever. what the fuck? Exactly. This is theft. It is theft. I'm, I'm going Robin Hood on these. Taxation without representation. You got it. <laughs> I've got a bow and arrow right in there. You guys watch out. Okay. Uh, so out of these two movies, Waterworld, uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, which one holds up better? Uh, Robin Hood does just because it's, uh, I, uh, you know, you have, you have at least some competence. Like Morgan Freeman's doing pretty good and Alan Rickman's a lot of fun and stuff like that. At least it's, there's some like stuff like that. Like the entertainment value of it at least is there. Like you said, that that last 30 minutes is pretty, pretty solid. Yeah. Of, of yeah. Robin Hood and Waterworld has its little bits of brilliance here and there, but I mean, overall, you're just like, this is a slog. Yeah. Yeah, but for the most part. That, yeah. Uh, okay. What What is your favorite scene from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves? Because I figured that would be your preference over the two. Yes. It is as it is mine. Yes. Which one? What's your favorite scene from um, Robin Hood? Then? Uh, uh, it's the uh, it's the essentially the the sequence where. Christian Slater is about to be beheaded and the guy, the, yeah. the guy lifts the thing and the flames are in the back, slow-mo arrow, arrow to the face. I'm just like, yes, that is just everything That's about solid. that is just, ah, it, it, jet, like, it makes you want to like, okay, I'm going to go for a run now. Like I got, I have the energy to go for a exactly. Job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so just quick, quick little thing. I almost had doggoed myself. Did you? Again. Did you? Yeah, because when I was thinking of that question, I was thinking, okay, what would be my response to it? And I was like, I like the part where the king pushes the guy out the window. <laughs> There's some brave heart. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Wrong. <laughs> well, I'm they gonna, both have castles in them. I appreciate you stopping yourself. And it was like, is there, is there, I, was, I did, I caught <laughs> it. I'm trying to think if there's any overlap between the two. And I don't think there is. Uh, Not really? No, no. Yeah. Scottish, Scottish. English. There, there is one major overlap, which I think it's because I'm stupid. And I've watched both of them, so <laughs> I'm the I'm the common denominator. There, I think. there you go. <laughs> uh, All right. Uh, 
do you think do you like Kevin Costner has uh really kind of gone into the cowboy mode very much so yeah western rancher etc uh do you think he is going to end up ultimately being a uh, a Western actor like John Wayne? Even though John Wayne did a lot of other stuff, do you think he's going to be best known for his Westerns or cowboy movies? I don't think or- so, just because he has such the baseball reputation. Like baseball is the thing that's saving him from that. If not for that, yes, because then he's completely typecast. Because it's like Silverado, Dances with Wolves, Wyatt Earp, Open Range, this upcoming movie, Yellowstone. He was in the Hatfields and McCoys miniseries. Like, like baseball is essentially the only thing saving him from that. Yeah, and the the problem is, is baseball is so long ago that it's it's. The the right. history of it all is all westerns. Yeah. So so I'm just I'm just thinking like uh you know a kid growing up nowadays their familiar familiarity with Kevin Costner is probably just going to be westerns cowboy movies 100%, that, along yes. those lines. Yes. You know, yeah. But I agree. That's a that's a really he, interesting point. He does a good job at it, but he does. So he does. I'll yep. give it to him. Yep. All right. Well, Ben, I don't think I have any further questions. And uh, unless you have any for me, you're free to go, sir. Well, I appreciate that. Um, before we go, do, uh, what is your what's your rating of uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves? Uh, I like it. I think it still holds up. Yep. Yeah. Is there plenty to criticize about it? Sure. But I think it still holds up. I think so, too. And I, 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 I like it. It probably lands somewhere within two and a half, three range for me. Like it's, it's all the, any problems I have with it are kind of overwhelmed by the fact that it's just entertaining and nostalgic. nostalgic. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. And then uh, uh, what about Waterworld? (laughs) It's kind of, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't really. Yeah. It's one of those, like, I know it's not good, but I'll still watch it. Like I I, I watch it almost to hate watch it almost. Yeah. So uh, probably two, two and a half, something. Yeah, like that. something. It's it's. I'm with you. If it's on, I'll probably watch it. But, uh, like you said, hate watch it. Uh, I would describe Waterworld as the ultimate grudge fuck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. I mean, it's like I'm in, but I'm not going to be nice about it. I'm going to take it out on you. <laughs> I'm oh. going to tell everyone what I did. <laughs> and you're not going to look good. That's uh, we, we, that's, a new ca- that's, a, that's a new category for us. <laughs> the grudge fuck of movies. Waterworld. We're, we're not going to top that. So that just about does it for this episode of the Film Critic of the Con, right. man. Thank you so very much for joining us. You can follow me on Twitter. Nib has been on Litterbox and Nib810 on Instagram and Bill and Middle Movies. Uh, check out my website, icecreamforfreaks.com. You can follow my other writing of film experiences, Cinema Scholars. You can follow me on other pods. I'm the David Thuis of Podcasting. Jake, where can the people find you? I assume on a boat in the middle of nowhere, drinking your own pee. Nope. <laughs> <laughs>
I will never drink my own pee. The closest I ever got to drink my own pee is a Corona light. Okay. Fair enough. But Make- nah. Taking, I don't know. Taking those sweet Corona dollars away from us. Making sure to follow. Yeah. Make sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, Critic Comment Pod. Please like, subscribe, rate, review. Enjoy the show wherever you get your podcast. We'll catch you next time when we get our first Quentin Tarantino movie. We're going World War II Quentin Tarantino with Inglorious Bastards. It's gonna have. That's gonna be a lot of fun to talk about. So. Ooh, banger, banger! Can't wait for that one. Thank you all so much. Y'all have a good one.